The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. I am Professor Snipe, and this is the Potterhood Podcast with Nico Wright and Will Poznan. You're here to enjoy the subtle science and exact art of podcasting. As there's a little foolish wand waving here, many of you will hardly believe this is magic. However, for those select few who possess the predisposition, enjoy the show. <laughs> Check, 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 check. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the quarantine series of the Potterhood Podcast. I'm Nico White. I'm Will Posnan. And we're back with episode 24. Episode 24 of the quarantine series of the Potterhood Podcast. Buddy, how are you? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. What about you? I can't complain. I cannot complain too bad. I'm on my last batch of um, THC until I'm done. And then I'm done till the end of the year. Yeah? So, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Only because I want to go on a trip. So I'm going to start saving some paper. Yeah. Okay. I mean? So everything that's like non-A essential. And when I say non-A essential, I mean that everything that's in my um, A, like if it was letters, in the letter A category of life. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So if it's not bills, if it's not the fridge, if it's not family, and if it's not things that require like A1 leisure time, then I'm not spending on it. So nice. Till uh December 31st. We'll see what we'll see what happens. See if we get there. That's great. I uh I haven't been smoking since uh I I've been going I'm the next time I smoke it's going to be a reward for a big thing happening good so it's been like two and a half three months oh, so I'm, I'm still waiting but it's gonna it's gonna happen I, I mean I'm, I'm working very hard I know it's gonna happen and I know that I'm gonna enjoy the weed that much more when it happens there you go Max how about you buddy what's going on I uh just keeping on uh on topic I just picked up uh some weed the other day for the first time in like months i've I'm about to I've say it's been a long time so, yeah, for you, the right? first time first time buying since i even moved to brooklyn um so like probably june or july is the last time i picked up wow man well yeah, congratulations to the potterhood yeah. <laughs> next time we do a um high cast it'd be the highest one we ever do oh like yeah it. i'm looking let's say you to what that. If they if they loosen up and we start coming out of these rules and whatever, and God like opens the sky up or something before all this, oh yeah, I'm buy me an ounce. Tell you right now, <laughs> <laughs> if they start telling us we can get back to work like we were working, boom. <laughs> yeah, you know that's how I want to take in the vaccine. I want them to infuse my vaccine into marijuana. That's my yes, goal. likewise. Likewise, that that's the best way. If I smoke my vaccine, it'll be fine. <laughs> that's how you know people would take it too. That's like, why not government? Come on. Well, well they'll one... be able to tell by the actual particles in the air. <laughs> yeah, they'll they'll have mandates for how much secondhand smoke have to be in restaurants for people to go inside. So <laughs> be great for restaurants. Let let's let's jump right in, y'all. Let's jump right in. Will, who we sorting? We're sorting the world champion L.A. Lakers. We're sorting the world champion L.A. <laughs> Lakers. Man. Okay. All right. Slytherin. Yeah. Okay. Tell Slytherin. me what. Definitely Slytherin. Well, first of all, because Slytherin is about what? Positioning yourself, networking. And it's about, you know, not clout chasing. I won't say that. But understanding that you're around people of a certain clout. So you need to be a certain way which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's all in how you, it's all in how you make it, right? And I think the Lakers epitomized that this year. 
one, they have a very mighty team, if I'm not mistaken. Now, I don't know much about basketball, but I could be wrong. But if I'm not mistaken, LeBron is a mighty player. Yes. Um, Anthony Davis is the kid's name. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mighty player. And there's a third person because every team has a quote unquote big three, I think I'll call it. <laughs> I don't know what that person's name is, but I'm sure they're a mighty player. So because they have so many mighty players, considering the considering the theme of the year for the LA Lakers, you lost Kobe Bryant, who outside of Magic Johnson's might might be the, what the biggest Laker. Please tell me Magic played for the Lakers. Yeah, no, he did. And I think that's exactly right. Those two are the two most beloved Lakers, for sure. Two most beloved Lakers. And I would even wager that Kobe's even a little more beloved than Magic, only because only because Kobe seemed to, to have done so much in such a, so, such a smaller period of time as far as life is concerned. Yes. Right? Now, they lose, they lose him the year we've had in general, considering the the strife we know LeBron to go through whenever the stuff in the news is happening. And then mm-hmm. the pressures of being compared, not even just to Kobe, but to his younger self and to Jordan and all those folks. They're always surrounded by names bigger than theirs are. So because of that, and because this whole thing is kind of written like a bad script, even though they won, like they won. And now I'm bracing myself for whatever possibly could happen next. <laughs> Um, so yeah, I'm placed that in Slytherin. Cool. No, I think that of the Hogwarts houses, Slytherin is the most, uh, Lakery, but, and then I'll let Max, uh, choose between our two choices. The only place I would put them over Slytherin is Bobatons because the Lakers network mostly through elitism, <laughs> like <laughs> they, uh, the, the reason that, LeBron came to the Lakers and the reason that they were able to get Anthony Davis is because the Lakers position themselves as a cut above the rest of the NBA. Like they're just brilliant with the branding aspect and they, the whole thing of defining yourself as separate and apart to me, that's what Bobatons did so masterfully. And then also just Bobatons, they just had the best uniforms. They had the best aesthetic they seemed the happiest and mm. you know they're a little bit soft but so that doesn't i mean this lakers team isn't the most physical lakers team they've had i thought that they got some good breaks but yeah i'm, I'm gonna put them in bobatons even though i don't think bobatons ever won the house cup and the lakers have however many championships they have or not the house cup triwizard tournament I'll just say that you might be the only human being alive to do what you just did, bro. Yeah. You might be the only human being on this planet to say that the Lakers would be in Boba times. <laughs> Magic, you are the first and only human being on this planet to be recorded on record saying something like that. And I want you to know, because you're the co-host of Potterhood Potter, the Potterhood Podcast, I'm proud of you. You made history today. <laughs> Max, what do you think, man? I think, uh, I think it's really great. Uh, Will just made history, but I'm going to go with Slytherin. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think... Uh, <laughs> Get him, Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm wearing a Kanye 2020. Because, uh, of course, you are. I know who I'm talking to. Um, Most of the Maxcast podcast, baby. But, um, yeah, I think it's like, again, it's all about, like, uh like who you know and i think of being like la they always have like jack nicholson and like the greatest actors like you know they have snoop dogg is like in their corner um they're just like so take they took so much value in that and also just that uh lebron really only went to um because he wanted to be in la like the lakers didn't really do anything special to get him like no one wanted to be there for a while um, he and just I wanted think, to go to LA. Yeah, like um, the south of France. Yeah. yeah, but I also think just like it's kind of a Slytherin move that now they're all talking about like how great like the front office is and the GM. <laughs> and it's like, guys, you didn't really do anything. LeBron just wanted to play for you, and then it was gonna work. It like it worked out because of that. Like, if it wasn't for LeBron going there, I don't think they would have gotten a big name anytime soon. Still, man, and and that's that's like the thing, right? Because I agree with you wholeheartedly. By the way, Max. 
when they start complimenting the front office, you, you let, let's stop. Let's stop. You, you didn't do much. You didn't play. And I know what some people might say, well, Nico, when teams do bad, they fire the coaches. Ah, <laughs> you didn't do anything. Because at the end of the day, I feel like if you took all these teams, got rid of all of the administration, literally all of it, got rid of all the people that play administ- administrative roles, right? And hired the most, not the most, but like some of the advanced people that teach in schools and coaching schools and stuff like that. I bet you, you would still get great games every NBA season because these professionals are that good at their job. And it's almost a shame when you think about it because you say to yourself, okay, they're all that talented, make all that money and have so little control really of what they're involved with. That makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So where it's like everybody's make, getting paid, but if LeBron's making 34 million a year, he probably should be making how much considering how much he himself generates. Yeah, no, he generates hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Daily. Daily, Daily maybe Daily, not hundreds bro. of millions, but millions. He 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 generates every game he has to generate what? Oh, that's true. So and then you factor in shoes and all the other stuff and even just I like don't know what the day to day breakdown city. looks like, but I'm sure whatever company is making the money, like the real, real money off of whatever LeBron's doing, I'm sure it's we can't say retarded, but I'm sure it's retarded how much money they're making. <laughs> Yeah, no, 100%. I think that, uh, I mean, the whole thing with the NBA is uh, that the team, so the owners, they own the teams, and the teams have gone from being worth $20 million a team 20 years ago to now they're worth $800 million, $2 billion a team. And then the owners also insist on the team being profitable every year. If you had a house that, was going up in value you bought it for 20 million dollars and now it's worth three billion dollars you wouldn't be complaining if you had to put fifty thousand dollars into your house's maintenance you'd be like you were you would if you were a malfoy well that's yeah well when you look at it that way every single nba team's run by a slytherin so I mean, me and Max said that, but you know, you wanted to go old Bobatons. Look, how did Bobatons get to Hogwarts? They took a ship into the lake. So Lakers, the lake, what about that? That counts hey, for me, nothing. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. <laughs> tell you something. Don't nobody remember how they got to Hogwarts, fam. Nobody. <laughs> none of us remembered how they got to Hogwarts. Just like none of us remembered the name of the head coaches <laughs> in the Lakers. None That's of true. Them. And you know what? I was wrong. Somebody's going to correct me online. Uh, the uh, the other school, uh, Durmstrangs, they actually, they took the ship through the lake. Bobatons, they took a, a horse-drawn carriage, like a minivan with two Pegasuses in the front. That's how oh, they showed Oh, oh, you mean that, so you mean to tell me that these players, <laughs> so LeBron, whose background is his background, reminds you of somebody that got pulled by two Pegasuses. Okay. That's not, I don't know. Nah, I'm just messing with you. You're 100% right. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, our next category, it's a little bit, it's adjacent to this one. So, yeah, let me get my laptop in honor of the Lakers uh, winning the national championship or the basketball finals, which Max is not thrilled about as a Celtics fan, um, we're going to stay on the topic of sports. And we've done a thing called Duel or Die on this show where we talk about who's better at dueling. We're going to pivot to Quidditch with a new segment called Ball or Die. And our opening segment is going to be who's better at Quidditch, Draco Malfoy or Ron Weasley? Draco or Ron Ron Weasley? Who's better at Quidditch? Because on one hand, we got maybe the most inconsistent player in the history of Quidditch, Ron Weasley. And then Mm -hmm. on the other hand, we got Draco Malfoy, who uh, it's so unclear if he's good or not. I'm I about to say, has Draco ever won a game? So he did, and we're going to talk about that next segment, which is, do you remember the game where Harry got attacked by Dementors in book three and fainted? Yeah. Draco caught the snitch in that game. <laughs> 
Shocking. Can you imagine? Was he the only other sneaker there? <laughs> yeah, the other guy had fallen almost to his death, and Draco shined. Man. If you were Draco, would that hurt you? Because I don't know. If no. That was his proudest moment at Hogwarts. Yeah, you know I'm saying I've lost I've lost too many things that I definitely won. So I if I was Draco, I wouldn't have felt bad. No, I think Draco loved that moment. I think that was he was el- elated. Oh yeah, that was the best day of Draco's life. Okay, so let's let's get back to the topic though, brother. So you could start us off with that one, man. Who do you think was the better Quidditch player? Ron Weasley or Draco Malfoy. Max, what do you think? I would, I mean, just, I would probably go with, uh, with Ron, I think. I don't know if there's that much beside, if that's the only, like, real, uh, feat in Draco's, uh, Quidditch career, is that mm-hmm. he caught the snitch when he was, like, the only seeker. It's <laughs> just, like, I don't know. That's not, uh, not that impressive of a resume. Um, and it seemed like, even if Ron didn't get as good as like Harry, it seemed like he was pretty good and like hanging in there. Fair enough. For me, I'm going a very similar route. I'm going to go with Ron and I was going to go with Malfoy first, right? Because Malfoy was a seeker. But then when I thought about it, the only game he's won is when the other seeker was incapacitated, which means you're whack and you probably should win by default. Also, I didn't know that Ron stayed on, not Ron, I didn't know that Draco stayed on any Quidditch team like for the duration of his time in school. As far as I know, Ron was on a Quidditch team quite a bit, right? Ron was only on the Quidditch team the last two years that they were at Hogwarts. Oh, okay, so that makes it easier then. Definitely Ron, because I don't think Malfoy was doing anything when he was um, of that age, Quidditch-wise. So I don't think he'd had the skills. As oh, do you think he Ron. quit the team? That's interesting. I don't even know about that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if there's a way that we could find out. But I'm trying to look up go, this stuff. Yeah. Got you. But yeah, I would definitely go Ron for that reason. I feel like they would be at a more impressionable age to actually master the skill. And if Ron started it and stayed with it with Ron's aptitude versus Malfoy, who did it and seemingly stopped, then I'd 100% give it to Ron. Yeah, they, uh, so Draco never quits the team, but in their last year, Gryffindor beat Slytherin by 250 points. So again, I reiterate, I'm going Ron Weasley over Draco. But the simple fact that I think Ron is more talented at Quidditch, even though he's not on the most consistent, I don't think you have to because Draco is consistently bad. Or maybe, who knows, maybe that's just, some comparison to Harry, but Will, tell us how you think Malfoy going to take <laughs> You know me. So, first of all, in that same last year, so right after uh, Gryffindor beat Slytherin by 250, mm-hmm. they lose to Hufflepuff 320 to 60, and that's mm-hmm. all Ron's fault. He's, like, letting in every single goal. And then they ended – Ron pulls it together for the championship against Ravenclaw, so they win it. Um I'm trying to find the problem is that they don't give us that many Slytherin results when Draco's on the team. It mm. seems like Draco lost just about every match when oh no, he did beat Ravenclaw uh the year before Ronjo. So that would be book did they didn't have Quidditch in the Goblet of Fire year, right? So this would have to be book three. Right. So yes. my question would then become this, brother. If Draco and Ron don't play the same position on the team anyway, then how can it be a proper comparison, you think? Okay, so that that was going to be the point of my, that was going to be from, like, the core of my point of view. And also, it says in book three, Draco actually had a good year. So they beat Ravenclaw by a little, and then they beat uh, Hufflepuff by a lot. And the only reason that they lose the championship is because Gryffindor beats them by a lot, a lot in the championship. But I would say Draco, just because I think that the snitch or the seeker is supposed to be by far the hardest position. I think Draco's biggest problem is that he's trying to live up to the pressure of his family and he's hyper extending himself at every point. Like when he tries to kill Dumbledore, when he's like joins the death eaters as a 15 year old, like at every point Draco was only 15. Yeah. So he's just overextending himself. Whereas like 
if Draco, instead of trying to kill Dumbledore, if he had tried to kill Hagrid, Mm -hmm. or if instead of trying to be a seeker, he had just been a chaser or a beater, like Draco might've had a really good, he might've had like the results he wanted, but because his dad was pressuring him to do beyond what he was capable of, I think he had real problems. So, so I think like with Draco overextending himself, if he had stayed more in the pocket with some of this stuff, he would have had better results. Um, so I think that if Draco had played a more, I guess like an easier position to play, like like a chaser or keeper mm-hmm. or beater, I think it would have been clear that he actually was considerably better than. Uh, than Ron, but I do think that's similar to Ron. He's a he's a confidence player. So in book three, he has high confidence that whole year, and he actually does a good result, good job as a seeker. But after that, you know, he has I think really getting punched in the face by Hermione probably ruined his Quidditch career for forever. <laughs> Question. So here's the thing, though, right? Because I I keep trying to think of this versus in my head of Draco and Ron in a Quidditch match. Do they get the same broom? Because that's another thing you got to take into account. Draco always had the best of everything. And I mean, literally the best brooms. His dad went out and bought like the whole squad Nimbus 2001s or something like that. So does that come into account? Are we saying both of them head up even? They got the same type of broom and all that. And the job is to get the most points. Like, Well, so that's an interesting thing too, because... Uh, I just looked it up. Harry's the only kid at Hogwarts with a fireball. Like we all go, oh my God, Harry's so good at Quidditch. And he was great at Quidditch before he got the fireball. But like Harry's, Draco never gets upgraded to the fireball. Nobody does. Harry's the only kid. So that might be an unfair thing too. Like Draco always has the advantage, but then he has to go play Quidditch against Harry and Harry is a better broom than him. Fair enough. You could be right. You could Harry's be right. Like That's something we him. don't think about. Or something that we ignore because we usually like the protagonist more. Yeah. Harry's just, you know that like privileged. Harry being a, a better, yeah, he is privileged. But being a better wizard and also having the better broom than Draco, you know that once he figured that out, he just started toying. I mean, they even talk about it. Like he pretends to see the snitch and just like messes with Draco at various points. That's mean. <laughs> that's mean we forget how much of a troll harry was no harry harry's got a little bit of like floyd bayweather in him for sure oh he has a mean streak he has a mean yeah. streak that's a mile long which makes perfect sense considering his upbringing wouldn't you yeah that's true i could be mean and i ain't had i ain't never been in a cupboard under the stairs and <laughs> then in there with some soups man <laughs> you, that's really the only thing you can eat in a cupboard under the stairs like you're not going to eat a steak in a cupboard under the stairs. Let's talk about something. There's a principle that we all were talking about before we got the podcast started. And we almost saved it for the end, but I think it would do a lot, do us a lot better here in the middle. Journalism, right? Yeah. Journalism in the Harry Potter world, you would say is very important, correct? Oh, for sure. I'd say the same thing. In our world, journalism you would say is very important correct yeah and it's similar impact similar impact fam so the, th- the reason i what i wanted to bring this up on the podcast today was i'm noticing a trend with information especially when it comes to our media that's scary to me i went to read something on the new york times and it was a pertinent subject to like um, COVID stuff, right? And I get two lines in and it goes, you have to create a profile <laughs> to subscribe to our monthly whatever. And I'm thinking to myself, and we wonder how people can get wrapped up in fake news. You wonder how people can get wrapped up in fake news is because when they go to the real news sites to find the facts you're trying to get money out of them you're trying to get a subscription out of them that's not right because guess who ain't doing that that site that has all lies on it yeah it types in the same language that they typed in 
I mean, it's okay. So it's like a crucial problem with our society. Like to me, it immediately reminds me of there's this excellent interview. I forget who he did it with, but Richard Pryor, greatest comedian of all time, did this interview where they asked him, you know how they, especially back then, but still they like to ask black entertainers, specifically entertainers, will racism ever be cured? Do you think racism will go ever go away? I know and, the interview, yeah. You know, and he goes, "Well, racism is rooted in capitalism for these very reasons, and this yeah. is why that can never go away." So, yeah. similarly, the entire media landscape is they so, coming to get us, y'all. Hear the sirens? We being too real <laughs> right now. So the media landscape, it's just so rooted in capitalism. Like if you go to CNN right now, uh, there's going to be so. I'm going to actually do it because every day I haven't gone yet today, but every day there's like three or four stories where I'm like, how is this even news? Okay. So the first thing on the news and buzz category on CNN, Hoda Kotb reveals worst guest on guest in the history of today's show. Okay. That shouldn't be news. The third story, a man flying a jetpack has been spotted in the skies of Los Angeles. Okay. So some random guy bought a jetpack. That shouldn't be news. But the entire news is built on captivation and outrage. And so it's just going to create a scenario where you uh, where the I mean, the whole thing's built around taking your money and it's not built around informing you, educating you and making you a better, more productive citizen. You know, not not at all. It it scared me when I when I looked when I went to read this article and it's like this is the New York Times fam. Yeah. This is the New York Times. Why is it that I'm only three lines into this article? And I'm, I live right here in New York. I'm three lines into this article. And you want me to make a Facebook profile for this? Why? Yeah, don't they want to get you the information to keep you safe? But this is a thing where no. as Americans, exactly. So as Americans, we think that this is the, the only author, way. I mean the, the like publication. Yeah, the paper. Yeah, of course. Um, but if you go to another country... Like in England or the UK, they have the BBC, which instead of having CNN, Fox and MSNBC, they have the BBC, which is where everybody goes for their news. That is, it's not like run by the government, but it's a communal source. It's like how NPR, like NPR isn't like affiliated with the Democrats or Republicans, but it is paid for by all of our taxes. And in societies where people have, you know, socialist news, for lack of Mm -hmm. a better term, they get more information. The news actually brings them together instead of polarizing them, because the only reason our news polarizes us is to make us is to make them money. The only reason the news would ever have a article about a pandemic that terrifies you and then not let you read the whole thing without paying is to make them money. And it's a it's a huge problem. And if you look at Harry Potter there in Harry Potter, it's like a, the problem's similar. It's different, but for a similar reason. So in Harry Potter, the news is trying to get people to ignore Voldemort so it can be business as usual, so people can keep buying stuff and keep making money, like yeah. for the paper and keep things calm and focused on buying stuff, which is like, it's a little different. Than which our, is like yeah. what our president is doing right now. Yeah, it's like, yeah, the Daily Prophet would be like, open the economy back up for sure. Like, how, see, who cares how many wizards die? This is what I'm saying. The Daily Prophet would have its ridiculousness, right? The Quibbler would have its ridiculousness. Now, people who know that the Quibbler is made up by some crazy person wouldn't believe anything that's on there, even if it is facts. But now yeah. think about the fact that the daily profit is compromised. And the one is and the ones that the quibbler are the only ones with any actual information. But it's sprinkled in between the craziness. The quibbler is like social media. It's like you get real videos from people who were at the scene of shit. And then you also get crazy anecdotes that probably didn't happen. And then you also get Photoshop pictures of a, a unicorn walking down like 40 drinking drinking unicorns <laughs> blood yeah these unicorns they're cannibals now it's like nah it's just a kid who's good at photoshop man 
I'm telling you, it really got to me because you have one side that's calling the media, calling um, journalism fake. And then you have practices that make normal people go, this shit is fake. Yeah, dude. I mean, you know what broke my heart? Like, this was like seven years ago, back when I still believed in newspapers telling the truth. I went to one of Chappelle's shows at the Gramercy Theater. Yeah. And uh, it was it was a great show. Mm-hmm. I was able, like, I knew a guy who worked at Gramercy. I was able to go, and I just felt so proud, like, cool that I, I felt honored to be there. Yeah. Then the next day, I saw the New York Times write about the show, and they misquoted him three different times in ways that just made him sound hateful and but they weren't even yeah. saying what he said they completely changed the wordings of his sentences yeah and i went wow so 99% of people are going to believe an inaccurate thing about an event that i i was actually at yes now when you think about that think about what you just said now is it so crazy when you hear people go, wait, I didn't say that, I didn't do that, so on and so forth. In these cases when they're misquoted. And I'm not yeah. just talking about like stand-ups or anything like that, but who was it? It was one of the rappers that got caught doing something. And in the write-up, everything they wrote was wrong. And dude is going, yo, there's evidence that i wasn't at this place so how am i getting in trouble for people refuse to hear it so now after reading the article like that and just knowing what we know is there fake news yeah for sure i mean there's for sure right now there's different kinds too that's the other thing exactly so there's like the kind of fake news where they just say what happened or they just put fake facts into the story stuff that didn't happen. And then what's even more frustrating for me is the kind of fake news where they cause you to make assumptions that you shouldn't be making because they slant the narrative. So like the most recent example that also really broke my heart is a lot of media sites are reporting, you know, Daniel Cameron, the guy who was supposed to prosecute the uh, the cops that killed Brianna Taylor, Brianna Taylor but yeah. he decided not to prosecute. So there's a lot of cop uh, people that are like, or there's a lot of media sites that are like, well, they put all the evidence in front of the grand jury and the grand jury made whatever decision. But the thing is that the prosecutor decides which evidence goes in front of those people. Right. And the thing that they didn't include in that trial was that after Brianna Taylor was shot a bunch of times, they didn't give her medical assistance. And that was the the thing where you have to prosecute at that point. Like, it'd be crazy not to. Mm-hmm. So you can't just say that all the evidence was in the trial and they made the decision they made when, when not all the evidence. Obviously not the case. Exactly. And it's the reason that people are mad in the first place. Yes. And that's what and that's what makes it irresponsible. That's just what um they did after Voldemort came back and they went after... Harry and Dumbledore and it's like you're targeting the wrong people you idiots they're not the ones that are standing in your way the people that are lying to you are standing in your way because when you look at it when they say hey they gave all the evidence that was available and they said we shouldn't um we shouldn't prosecute when you say something like that and when you report like that that's irresponsible because now, to one part of the population, you make them 100% go against the people that are demonstrating right now. The yes. protesters, the organizers that are putting things together for Breonna Taylor because they're upset that Daniel Cameron didn't do what he was supposed to, you make them seem like they're crazy in the eyes of the people that believe what you falsely reported. And that's how you get a whole bunch of Seamus's and Harry's. Exactly. I mean, that's that's the whole thing is that when people can't trust the infrastructure around them, you you don't leave them a whole bunch of options. Right. And Except to do what? Fight each other. The same thing that they've been doing. Yeah. But I guess there's more money. There's money in that. I don't even know how to make this a... Um, 
Harry Potter reference, but oh no, I guess that I guess there is one because we have more guns in this country than we have people. You know that, right? I, now, now they might have more wands than people in the Harry Potter world. I'm not, not sure. Does I anyone have it. more than one wand? I guess whoever has the elder wand has two wands, but I think for the most part, you're kind of only allowed one wand at a time. I'll, ne I'll never know, but I do know that what we do with our media here is very irresponsible. Max, what do you think? So I was saying to Will that I think the journalism that's in this country is being irresponsible when they want you to pay for subscriptions and stuff like that when you're just trying to read an article online. What's yeah. your thoughts on that? Yeah, I agree. I mean, it is tough because it's like they're all like doing so bad in terms of like money and it's like they're mm -hmm. barely they're barely staying afloat so i get why they would charge but at the same time if it's like important information they definitely need to get it out there to people um shouldn't that be against the law though don't y'all think like if they're doing so bad that it has to get like that and our information could be done the way it's being done and we could be tampered with like this it should be illegal for that to happen they should just make a standard. We we do so much dumb shit in this country. Why can't we just make a standard of, okay, if you're a journalist at this place and put tears in the place, you get paid at least this. So we could cut out a lot of this other foolishness and let them actually I mean, do their jobs. They do sponsored content. They do articles that they pretend, and this is another kind of fake news that's not like, it's not a lie, but they have articles that they go, we think it's so amazing, the new Volkswagen Jetta this year. You need to hear about it. But they were paid to write an article about it. And they're putting, I mean, really the question is, do we want our news to be capitalist or do we want our news to be rooted in another like economic structure? And- uh, I don't, yeah, I want it to be honest. I don't care about what economic structure is in. Well, as long as it's capitalist, the motive is gonna be money. If you were to make it not rooted in money, now you can evaluate. It's just like with movies. Do we want to evaluate our movies based on how much money they make? Or do we want to evaluate them based on how many awards they earn? Or do we want to evaluate them based on audience approval of the movie? Because if our movies are rooted in how much money they make, then we're going to get this same kind of money-making movie over and over again. And we're going to you lose mean out. like what's happening now? Yes. Yeah, I mean, the most obvious example of a thing that needs to change is right now we have hospitals. There are hospitals around the country that are closing or are in danger of closing because the reallocation of resources to fight the coronavirus, like, mm -hmm. so when the coronavirus first started, this is like a funny thing I read about that it's kind of crazy mm -hmm. too. Uh, hospitals make so much money off of plastic surgery. And when the coronavirus first started, people weren't able to go into hospitals to get plastic surgery because you couldn't get like involuntary procedures because it was dangerous. Like you don't want to be yeah, at a yeah. hospital unless you were a doctor or you had coronavirus. So yeah. the hospitals were losing all this money because people weren't able to get plastic surgery and it was affecting their, like hospitals were like in danger of closing and stuff. And it's like, maybe our hospital model shouldn't be something that fails in a medical emergency. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, especially because you you're not available to put cement in somebody's booty. Like that that's which, crazy to me. Which honestly, I don't have a problem with as long as Likewise. as long but as still, they they can invent be like that. Down the hospital. <laughs> Look, I think it's important. I just don't think it's as important as fighting coronavirus, but I I think that uh, you know, it's plenty of plenty of pop stars who have made 10 million more dollars because of new surgeries that didn't exist in the 80s and 90s. I'm all for it. I'm just saying it shouldn't, the lack of it shouldn't get a hospital shut down. Yeah. Because at some point there's going to be a cultural awakening amongst people where they go, you know what? I'm good with how I am. Well, that's why I like when, saying? when people asked Bernie Sanders if he was a socialist, he would say, I'm actually protecting capitalism more than anybody else. And the idea is that if you don't limit capitalism in the present, in the yeah. future, when it when it fails catastrophically, people are going to tear it down completely. 
not only are they going to tear it down completely, it's going to get to a point where it's a straight like anarchy. People are going to start chopping off heads. Well, this is the United States. Let me be clear. Um, <laughs> they'll start shooting off heads. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, we are Americans. Let's be clear. Uh, we're, yeah. <laughs> we're a proud American culture that, uh, yeah, we yeah. haven't, none of our heroes swing swords. All of our yeah, heroes no. are like Indiana Jones and stuff like pew pew. But, even uh, the ones that swung swords had guns. And even if they wrote it down, <laughs> they swung a sword, they probably had a gun. Otherwise, <laughs> this would all be a lot different. Trust me. So what, um, do, you, what do you think happens to the Daily Prophet? Okay, go for it. Hold on, let me pause you. Because we did. I did ask Max the question. Oh, my and bad. we did like James Brown slide into it. So <laughs> go ahead, Max. Oh, I think I like kind of answered just that they... Uh like kind of have to i'll say that the bigger thing with the media is i guess it's part of it is because of the money that uh people like to say that it's like oh fox news is just like so conservative and everyone else is so liberal or i don't think everyone else is like that that liberal at least not as liberal as uh fox is conservative they're just all about um like sensationalism and uh yes. doing like the least amount of work to like sell excitement um, like the average American? Yeah. So I think like CNN will go after liberals, especially if uh, they see it in a way that's like easy and will make a lot of money. I don't think they're like the way that like Fox will bend over backwards to defend any action of Trump's. I think the rest of the media would turn on a Democratic president in a heartbeat or ratings. But I, I want to say- 100% fickle. One thing I think is important, though, is that journalists, especially print journalists, they want to do the work. They're not allowed yes. to. So it's not even like yes. they're lazy. It's more like they're handicapped by mm -hmm. the situation around them. Like, you, do you think these people want to be writing about Trump's 2 a.m. tweets? Like, they want to do investigative journalism and they want to figure out, you know, the long-term effects of his policies on yeah. whatever, on the the livestock industry or whatever, but they're not allowed to. It must be disheartening, yeah. right? It must be disheartening because you have to then go forward knowing that as a journalist, right? As a journalist, you have to go forward if you really wanted to do the work and you really wanted to get that deep and you know that you can't or you feel that they're not letting you. Imagine having to live with that. Dude, that's like a, that's like being regular black almost. You at the end you want to do good, but the organization you're with isn't that good. Yeah. No, that's exactly that's exactly what it's like. In a in season 5 of The Wire, they dive into uh how the city the Baltimore newspaper will pour hundreds of thousands of dollars into investigating a potential serial killer but won't investigate the drug wars that are, you know, actually causing these murders that they think are a serial killer, but it's actually just, you know, violence. It's just violence in the community and stuff. And uh, that's that's what we're dealing with right now on like a, a really global scale is people will investigate a sensationalist thing. Like, you know, the, I don't know if you saw, but Larry David just got remarried and the paparazzi hounded him and eventually found a pic. They're like, on the front page of all these CNN, MSNBC, all of them, it's like Larry David steps out with his new wife. And it's like, so you guys sent reporters to stalk this man, but you won't investigate various mayors around, you know what I mean? Man, the, the things that these people would do to get pictures of people that are just living <laughs> their lives. No, no, like- it's, Yeah, it's gross. It, it's gross. It's gross. And it's, it should, again, it should be illegal. You should not be allowed. Yeah. You should not be allowed to treat human beings like they're zoo animals. You shouldn't be allowed. Outside yeah. of the event of which you saw them at, on the day you saw them, you should not be allowed to hound them. You shouldn't be allowed to get paid for that. There should be like a paparazzi consent form. You know how like some yes. people will call we'll call the paparazzi on themselves. Just make it, put it in writing, fill out a form, be like, I'll be here. You can take pictures. It should be like SAG. It should be like SAG yeah. after it. You know what <laughs> I'm saying? 
you can only go to these people. Otherwise, you should have the right to shoot them. <laughs> now, I, I know that might sound harsh, but that's what I would do. This is the most Get American episode. <laughs> oh, say, fuck <laughs> But my point is, you shouldn't be allowed to treat people like zoo animals because you know what that creates. That's yeah. how you create somebody like a Lupin. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But Lupin, if he goes that other way, Lupin, if he goes that route of he doesn't have any friends, Lupin, if he goes the route of he's just a bitter old man after losing everybody. Yeah. And Lupin. And being worried about how people are going to see you. I mean, Lupin's so strong too because all of his behavior is self destructive, but he's still standing. Like, yeah. I don't think he has a job after he quits working at Hogwarts. I don't know what he's doing day to day. Yo, what is Hogwarts paying a year for people to go through what they go through there? That's a good question. What do you think? I think it's probably 50K. 50 galleon, 50,000 galleons. Is that a lot? I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know the conversion rate on their money. It must be um, 1 million magic things. <laughs> <laughs> That they're paying the folks. How many chocolate frogs? That's a currency I understand. A chocolate frog is like a dollar fifty. How many chocolate frogs can you buy on a Hogwarts salary? Probably, probably depending on which year you came in during the books. The higher, <laughs> the higher the year, the higher the pay would have to be, except for that last year when Snape was headmaster. Yeah, that's true. Like. I mean, I think that's part of why Barty Crouch Jr. gets to teach dark arts for a whole year. It's because Dumbledore is like, I'm not going to be able to replace him mid-year. I just got to yeah. ride him out for the year. Hey, look, kid, some of these spiders ain't going to like y'all, but who cares? <laughs> yeah, I mean, now, that... Uh, what okay. going to ask, by the way, buddy? Oh, yeah, let's talk about that. So what do you think happens to the Daily Prophet after the Battle of Hogwarts? So, yeah. You do you want to start it off? Yeah, I think cool. the Daily Prophet has that moment that um we all have after the president is elected or reelected, where no matter what you thought, you have to live with the fact that something just happened. And no matter how much you might want to, you can't run away from what just happened. It yeah. is what it is, and you got to deal with it. So everybody that lied, everybody that surprised, you all have to deal with it together. So the Daily Prophet, after all was said and done, had to own up for the things that it was wrong for, I'm sure. You yeah. know what I mean? And have to be very honest about who did what, especially if they were affiliated with the Daily Prophet in any way, shape, form, or fashion. I don't think people like Rita Skeeter, who's kind of like Dolores Umbridge in their work, where they had their fingers almost dipped in everything. You know what I mean? I don't know if they get in trouble if they're really good at their job and didn't necessarily choose a side, but were more um, in that gray area as far as morality is concerned, those people usually last. They're like politicians, right? Yeah. They get a position and they keep it. They're swarmy. They don't, either way, they're going to work. And that's their whole thing. As long as I'm working, I'm good. Um, yeah, I don't think it, I don't know if it got more honest. I think it got, looked at more it might have got cleaned up and revamped but i don't know that it got more honest yeah i mean i i initially would think that the daily prophet would have to rebrand like i think it would be such a devastating thing that if uh if harry and ron and them wanted to go out and be like this paper is part of the problem they would have the momentum to do so but that being said in uh in the big book of quidditch Ginny Weasley's writing articles for the Daily Prophet. So the Daily Prophet doesn't go right. anywhere. I wish it did, though. I wish everybody pivoted to the Quibbler. I really, I thought that was going to happen, but it doesn't happen. I mean, I thought that a man catching a virus that is highly contagious within the first two weeks who came out the hospital in two days and went on tour on like the sixth day I thought the people that showed up would have worn masks on their faces and nope, they didn't. So sometimes people don't care about what they just saw. 
and you yeah. think they'll pivot. You want them to, but sometimes they aren't. Yeah, that's and you gotta sit. You gotta sit there and wonder to yourself, hmm. Should I be disappointed in myself for thinking that they changed, or should I should I be disappointed in them that they didn't change? And that's another thing when with journalists and having like a lot of times they go to the first level and they answer the first question, but they don't go to the subsequent level that we need them to as a society. So when Trump was doing the debates and he was talking about, well, we have all of our, our rally parties outside. We have all our rallies outside. The moderator, Chris Wallace, should have been like, yeah, Herman Cain got COVID at one of them and died. But instead, yeah. they're like, they just let him go. Well, they're outside. It doesn't matter if they're outside, if the people are packed so tightly that the shit's contagious, you know? Yes, yes, exactly. And you would think more people would make that point because at this point, it's like, yo, I'm tired of even having to be the only person on this podcast going like, Herman Cain, Herman Cain. Y'all yeah. knew him. He was a politician right there with you. <laughs> yeah, he was your boy. You invited him to the thing. And uh, and then on the other side with the Daily Prophet, like for the Daily Prophet to report people as missing when there's credible information, like credible information out there that they were killed by Death Eaters, to report them as missing. I mean, we, we're seeing it right now in America. There was just another high profile lynching that they tried to call a suicide. And it's like, it's insane. Like, do, so we think that there's an uptick in outdoor suicides. Like, what are you trying to say? To call it a suicide, it, it, to not call it a murder, it's just, it's, you know. And to not some, call it a murder, exactly. Yeah, it's something that you would like to see these newspapers have to answer to for years. Again, it's one of those things when you hear it, you think to yourself, okay, they're going to get that in order, right? Every time you go, no, no. So again, who's really crazy? Are they crazy for not changing it? Or be crazy for still doing the same thing over and over again? Dude, it's like, this is where uh, our whole government is like Cornelius Fudge, where unless Nancy Pelosi is in the room while the lynching is happening, she's not going to say anything about that shit. And you go, okay, well, this is why, this is why we don't fuck with you. It's because you're yeah. fudge, you know? Yeah, 100%. But again, remember, fudge had support of a lot of people for the reason why he didn't tell them that Voldemort was back or why he didn't want to believe that Voldemort was back. And when you look at it, can you say that he was actually wrong? I don't agree with him, right? But when you look at it, was he actually wrong? Well, You're a parent and there's going to be things that you won't tell your kid because, you know, I'm a parent. Your that kid. Barty Crouch Jr. shit, that's inexcusable. Well, you know what I'll say? So I, I can maybe, maybe ride with Fudge for not believing that Peter Pettigrew is alive at the end of book three. That being said, he should have trusted the kids and he should have trusted Dumbledore enough to be like, okay, Pettigrew's alive and Sirius is a good guy. Cause why, wh why would Harry lie about that? But I can maybe ride with him about that. But after seeing Barty Crouch Jr and still believing that maybe Harry killed Cedric, but then just going, I don't even want to touch it. I'll just say it's an accident. That shit is inexcusable. Yeah. Yeah, but again, in the level of the government that they're in, that's the decision that they make. I think it was um, Phil Hunt that was telling me that he had heard Barack Obama say one time, somebody asked him something, and Barack said, look, my decisions aren't good or bad my decisions are bad and worse yeah meaning the lesser of two evils is still evil and i'm the type of person that believes that, that whole concept is ridiculous but it is a concept for a reason sure so if you're fudge and you have a worldwide panic you know how big Voldemort is you know what that information can do you know what it was like at the height of all of this and you now you're insecure and paranoid about your job it might not be the easiest thing to do. Go out and tell the populace that you failed. 
and you would think to protect them, they would be fine getting a little egg on your face, but ego ain't that simple. No, for sure. And the other thing is that people like to think that stuff will just go away, but you always end up compounding the failure by just sitting on And that's the thing that really frustrates me. It's like one thing not to tell the world, but then they just sit on their hands like, yeah. And then when the Dementors get let out, they go, oh, it's another coincidence. Like the signs are a little bit obvious. Mm-hmm. But again, you ready to fight that bully? Yeah, I I guess I would be, but I'm also not the kind of person that would have like promoted Umbridge three times. <laughs> right, right, exactly. See, but you got, and you got to remember, you're not that certain type of evil that they are. But these yeah. are, Bro, if you watch the um debate that Mitch McConnell had with whoever it was that he's running against in Kentucky, he, it I've never seen. Oh, I I I won't say that. Him and Giuliani had that thing that I was talking about a couple episodes back where they look like they laugh like this. <laughs> that they had that evilness in them, dog. They both look like they could sprout horns at any time. Mitch was sitting there and the ladies talking about how they just sat on their hands during the whole, you know, coronavirus relief bill. And Mitch was literally like, uh, 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 yeah. uh, 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 people are dead, man. No, dead, he gets dead. off on that. He fully gets off on that of just, it's like, you know what it is, man? He's such an ugly person like just yes. physically ugly yes. that in order to feel superior to people, he has to, in his mind, be like a Mitch McConnell is a different species of thing. That's above a person. He, he, he looks like, like if a mosquito bite could live and breathe. Like if Slytherin looked like if Voldemort stopped exercising. <laughs> no, bro. Like a straight up mosquito bite. Like the last time you've been bit on your arm and like you scratched it, like if yeah. that grew and it grew into a person that could put on suits and speak our language. <laughs> that's what it look, That's what he looks like. Or oh, a very bad Audi belly button. One or the other is a fact. Yeah, I've never seen a person look so slug-like before. Yeah. He truly does look like escargot. <laughs> Yo, I wish, I wish I could pull up the... Um, Debate. I don't want you to besmirch escargot like that, though, because escargot is delicious. It might be, but I would definitely pour salt on McConnell, <laughs> and I wouldn't be able to watch the results. Yeah, he, yeah, he has like a, yeah, he looks like a leech for sure, for sure. Also, I don't think uh, uh, that uh, butter and garlic would be enough to to counteract Mitch. <laughs> yeah, no, not at all, not at all. He gets off on suffering, dog. It yeah. was truly, it was truly disgusting to look at. Let's do a shadow point real quick. Oh, I got one. I had one on the agenda. Did you really? Yeah. You ready for it? I'm ready for it. Fox. Fox. Okay. Yeah. All right. So if I were Fox, I would have broke. I wouldn't have broke. Fox yeah. had no reason to shatter. Dumbledore dies. There's a couple of times. You don't think so? Nah. Also, he can kill himself and be back in 10 minutes. Hmm. True. But killing himself, just kamikaze and wouldn't do any good. So, yeah, I don't I don't see any reason for him to die outside of getting old. Honestly. Because Dumbledore dying, I'm I'm a bird, fam. You were going to be out of here anyway. You think so? You know how many headmasters Fox Fox has probably seen living living die already? Yeah, that's true. Like which but, life was Fox on when Dumbledore had him? I can try to look that up. But I think Fox was probably closer to Dumbledore than most of the previous headmasters. I mean, Dumbledore's Patronus was a phoenix. That has to mm. count for something. Do we know, was Fox just there always at Hogwarts or did he come in with Dumbledore? I'm looking this right. up right now. I think That's the other pertinent thing, information. Yeah, the other thing is just in real life, birds outlive their people. Those birds live like 90 mm. years. So it's like a magical bird. You're going you're gonna to outlive everyone. Yeah. 
I didn't know birds could live for 90 years, dog. Jeez. I didn't know that either. Is Dude, that you true? Get a parrot, parrots live to be like 70 or 80. And so if you get like a, <laughs> at any age, you get a parrot. That parrot's probably outliving you. Oh, gee. Not my parrot. <laughs> <laughs> Not my parrot. We're going to die together. It says that Fox, no, nobody knows anything about Fox prior to 1938. I love when they're like, much of Fox's origins are unknown prior to 1938. It's like, well, then J.K. Rowling, put it on Pottermore or something. Like, Just write it, Yeah, lazy. just say what it is. Um, Take time away from antagonizing people <laughs> and tell us Fox's backstory. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Uh, oh, this time you're spending on Twitter and whatnot. I think that Fox, because it says on Fox's uh, fanopedia page or whatever site this is, it's like Wikipedia, but for, Wiki? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. It says that Fox's two relationships are with Dumbledore and with Harry. So I think that the two possible shatter points are Dumbledore's death and Harry seemingly dying in the Battle of Hogwarts. That's what I would think. All right. Um, nah. No? Nah. Nope. I don't think so. What about because when Buckbeak got sent away? They might have been tight. Who knows? That animal didn't know Buckbeak and it's a phoenix. You know how pretentious phoenixes must be? That's true. If peacocks are cocky birds, I'm sure phoenixes don't even look in other birds' direction. <laughs> Do you think phoenixes don't fuck with any other animals? Absolutely. Dragons? Why would you? Merpeople? Why? Why? You, you're half dead, soon to be dead, will die. <laughs> yeah, but you they're also the prime dead. of their life. <laughs> Look, man, you people that, I don't know, if I, if I was a phoenix, <laughs> I wouldn't talk to anybody else besides other phoenixes. You That's know what I mean? true. I might go find an albatross or something like that, but outside of that, <laughs> I ain't messing with no um, non-phoenixes. Just phoenixes and albatrosses. Just dying and staying dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is true. Like, if you're a phoenix, why become friends with anybody? Because you're going right. to outlive them. That must hurt. Just ghosts, maybe. Right. That must be great for relationships, though, if you're a phoenix. So death do us part. <laughs> so we're going to start our last person, ladies and gentlemen, because I have to run and talk to some people about some things. So we're going to be sorting a season. Let's sort autumn. For me, um, fall is my favorite season. You know what I'm saying? I can wear a jacket and it's not rainy yet. So because of that, I'm going to put it in Ravenclaw. Okay. It's usually a good focusing time for me. No, that's and school comes back again. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. I also think that uh, you always forget how nice of a time of year it is, and it eases you back into winter. And in your in your memory, that's always like a more difficult transition, the summer to winter transition, than it ends up being. And spring is always a better transition than that ends up being. That one always takes like longer than it should. Uh, right. But I think that fall, I'm gonna say it's Slytherin because it, you know, you got summer, which is just, it's a great time. And then it right. sneaks in there with fantastic weather. Like that brisk early fall weather is just perfect weather. But before you know it, it's fucking the middle of, it's middle of winter and uh, you know, and if you're me, you're like, okay, countdown till the seasonal depression time. And you just- right. You got to figure that stuff out. Cool. Max, what do you think? Um, I actually like that uh, the the pitch for uh, uh, Ravenclaw because of school and everything. My Max initial is agreeing with you was, all episode. <laughs> yeah, well, my initial thought, though, was to put it a uh, Hufflepuff. Uh, it just seems like the... Uh... <laughs> no, I like that. Tell me why. I think it's because it's just like... Um, I feel like it's almost the forgotten. It's like the forgotten season. Um, whereas like, I feel like the two big ones are probably summer, winter, and then spring is just like um, fun. But um, I don't know. 
I when I think about it though, I think it might be reverse. I think uh but Ravenclaw doesn't seem very spring, so oh, I do Sly think I got another case for Slytherin. Slytherin because all of the best holidays. You got Thanksgiving, you got Halloween. Those are the top two holidays. It's just like a Slytherin to hoard the best holidays. Hilarious. <laughs> and as always, we can count on Will to say something that would definitely be the closeout of the episode. <laughs> Y'all, let's get into the plugs. I'm going to do mine's quick. Cool. You can find me on Instagram on that. You can find me on Instagram at Nico White 93. That's at N E K O W H I T E 93. Please check out my website. And if you can, go subscribe to my YouTube channel, N E K O W H I T E on YouTube. Go subscribe to my YouTube channel. Somebody might be putting something there soon. So keep your eyes out. Max, where can they find you? They can find me on all social media at Max Marcus Comedy, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube. Uh, they can check out my new podcast, The Max Cast, which uh, just dropped an episode today, and episode 10 will be out shortly. There you go. Make sure y'all watch Max Cast almost at episode 10. Give it five stars on all that stuff that gets five stars time the Potterhood sent you. And last and most, one and only co-host of Potterhood Podcast, Will Posnan, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Will Posnan, and uh, I'm doing more and more on that. So hit me up on there. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Quarantine Episode 24. 24. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for being with us 24 weeks into all this craziness. We hope to be coming out of it soon and be closing the book on this shit. So, Will. <laughs> If you're ready, on three, one, two, three, mischief, mischief.